0: open them with me to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 uh, and verse 16. Uh, I, I use different little tools and, and uh, methods to remember where verses are. And, and so any verse that is 3.16 um, obviously is, is a familiar ground. So not John 3.16, but this time Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. We're going to continue our study tonight on the subject of faith. Um, It was, uh, I guess, a little over a year ago now that the Lord uh, asked me a a very specific question on a, um, it was actually a a Wednesday afternoon if I recall correctly, but the question was simply this, don't you want to know what kind of life is on the other side of that wall you keep hitting, amen. Don't you want to know what kind of life is on the other side of that wall you keep hitting? And um, it's kind of like what Matthew was saying a moment ago about praise and worship and breaking the chains and the, the, the prison bars, and, and um, we all you know, have you know, some issue in our life, some point that we tend to reach and, and can't quite seem to get past and beyond, and, um, and the Holy Spirit wants to take us on through, amen? Uh, get us on the other side of that wall and um, enjoy the life that's on the other side of it, and ultimately it's faith. Um, faith is, is how they got out of Egypt. Faith is how they crossed the Red Sea. Faith is how they crossed the Jordan River. And, um, and so there is a life that Father has for us on the other side of the wall we keep hitting. And we overcome everything in this world, the Bible says, by faith. So we're going to talk more about it tonight. But let's go to Colossians 3 and 16. He says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Amen. A couple of key words in this passage. The first one is the word let. Um, That word means allow. It means allow. So he's literally saying that you have a a say-so in this. In other words, if the Word of God is going to dwell in me richly, I'm going to have to let it dwell in me. I'm going to have to allow it to dwell in me richly. If it's going to dwell in you richly, you're going to have to let it. You're going to have to allow it to dwell in you richly, richly. Um, when he says richly here, I want you to think in abundance. When we think of some, someone who's rich or, or, or something that would be classified as being rich or richly, um, clearly he's talking about something of an excessive amount, uh, something of a large quantity. So also... He said, dwell in you. Dwell in you. And the inward man, as opposed to the outward man, is made up of both the soul and the spirit. And so uh, your soul is your mind, your emotions, and your will Uh, the part of you that thinks and feels and chooses. So by breaking it down that way, we're seeing how we can practically follow the instructions of the Scripture. In other words, if the Scripture says for you to allow the Word of God to dwell in, I in you, richly, He's clearly talking about in your mind. You have to fill your mind with the Word of God. You have to you do that by a deliberate intentional act, by setting your mind on the Word of God by meditating on the Word of God. We looked at several verses in the course of our study where the Bible tells us to incline our ear, to keep it in front of our eyes, to, to keep it in our mouths, to 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 not speak anything that would be contradictory to it, uh, and on and on. So the reason, of course, that this is important, lots of reasons, but one of the main ones is that the faith that you've been given, the measure of faith that you've been given, according to Romans uh, 12 and 3, it's awakened, it's aroused, it's strengthened, it grows, it becomes stronger when it's fed with the Word of God. Now, again, just by way of review, the Bible talks about this woman who had been sick for a long time and had spent all of her money on doctors and had suffered many different treatments but still experienced no cure The Bible says in Matthew 9 and 21 that she said within herself if I may but touch his garment I shall be whole notice again she said within herself so we've asked the Holy Spirit to make us aware of what we are saying within ourselves and is is anybody been doing that he been paying attention to that amen what are you saying within yourself? But also for us to become very intentional about saying things within ourselves that will build within us this inner image of, of faith, this inner image of success and victory in life. This, um, the tense in the original language Um, is saying that she said um, continually. The Amplified Version says, for she kept saying to herself, if I only touch His garment, I shall be restored to health. And so we see that she was feeding her faith with truth every time she said it within herself. She was building her faith and again, was growing an internal image of health and wholeness in her heart. And that continued to grow inside of her until it literally compelled her to, to act on that. And of course, we've looked at the verses where, you know, faith without action is incomplete, but that Abraham's faith was made complete by His actions, by the things that He did. So we see that faith is a combination of something that is internal within us that is then released and expressed externally through words that we speak and things that we do. Amen. Are you following me? So we talked for a while about genuine faith and we said that If we just try to release faith by saying the right things without actually having the inward part established in our hearts, that we're only uh, simulating faith instead of actually releasing and expressing genuine faith. Abraham is our example in this, and we see in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 5 where He was going to obey what God had instructed him to do by offering Isaac. He said, and Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. We will come back to you. So notice now that Abraham is releasing his faith by what he's saying here. But he's not getting the... Um, the, the, the cart before the horse. We, we use that uh, expression. You know. um, and a lot of times people get the, the cart of works before the horse of faith by trying to substitute faith actions or faith formulas in place of genuine faith um, in, uh, in the heart. Amen. Uh, Vanessa shared with me, and i would heard her say this before, she shared with me, um, after the service last Wednesday evening. And, uh, and, and some of you know that, uh, that her and Matthew miraculously conceived both um, a Jesse, well, really Will, they just didn't realize that there was a miracle there, but with, with Jesse and then with Daniel. Um, and it's a long, long story, but, um, you know, basically a medical impossibility for them um, to have those children um, not to mention one of them, not to mention both of them. But she talked about how they they meditated the word, they spoke the word, they confessed the word, they prayed the word, and she said she got to a point to where she would not be any more surprised. I'm going to say it right about and, and I mean I say surprised, not surprised, any more excited. Um, about being pregnant than she was before she ever had a test that said she was. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, it, it, it's, it's not like, oh, there's the test, and now her excitement went to another level. It had become so real and so strong in her that the test did not make her any the, the, the positive test did not make her any more excited than she was before she took it. Do you follow what I'm saying here? Okay. And then she said, that was with Jesse, then she said with, with Daniel that she didn't even have to see the test. Amen. Didn't even have to see the test to say that she was. That's how real. But now listen, see, those of you who, who don't know them and who weren't walking with them during all that, that, that didn't happen that fast. Okay? But they believed, they agreed, they they said within themselves, they, they, they stood on the, on the Word of God, they, they confessed, they, they testified, they called things that were not as though they were, it, it, fighting that good fight of faith, aligning their thoughts, words, and actions up with what the Word of God said, as opposed to the way things looked, seemed, and felt. Amen. So that's what's going on with Abraham here. He was not shaking in his boots when he went up there to obey God. He went up there with a, with a sense of excitement. He wasn't just faking it till he made it when he said, me and the boys coming back. He he literally believed that when he said that. And you you notice what Hebrews 11.19 says about that. It says, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. So the the point is this inner image that we talked about last um, Wednesday evening. Abraham fed his faith and fed his faith. And I don't have the time to get into it tonight, exactly how he did that. But, but we see more details about that in Romans 4. He fed his faith and his faith grew. He did, When God first told him that he and Sarah were going to have a child in their um, you know, old age, they laughed about it. It wasn't like, the, oh, praise God, this great you know, uh, you know, champion of faith who heard this and instantly believed it and instantly had the baby no god god spoke this to them they initially laughed about it but over time again saying within themselves giving glory to god considering the promise and what god had said and god's ability that's a key right there god's ability to do what god said he was going to do was was where their faith was rooted and and eventually this became so strong and, and so real inside of him that before he ever went to sacrifice Isaac in obedience to God, he had already received him raised from the dead in this inner image, in this figurative sense, inside of himself. Brother sister, this is faith now. And I, again, I know that... that, that we, we live in a in a day and age to where we, we like things quick and fast and and and, and simple and, and I'm not trying to make faith out to be some and remember we've covered this it's not about you earning enough points to you know you got sixteen faith points it just takes twelve more you know to you know like to earn this free pizza or something from Papa John's. That's not how this works. It's not about re, it's not about rewards like that, okay? But it's, it's taking the measure of faith you've been given and developing it and growing it. Amen. And the, and the more we do that, we become stronger and stronger in faith. Not being weak in faith, like Abraham was once weak in faith. But over time, he became strong in faith. And, and, he, and he was transformed from faith to faith till he became this great champion of faith. And of course, he's the example for each of us to follow. Praise God. If you do not take the time to develop your measure of faith in this way, you will find yourself trying to believe. Am I the only one that's ever tried to believe? I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to believe, right? You'll find yourself trying to believe, telling yourself and others that you are believing, trying to convince yourself that you are, doing things to endure in faith before you've ever really arrived at a position of genuine faith. Now, Go with me to Matthew chapter twelve. I want to build on this a little long a little more tonight, if we could. Are you are you okay tonight, everybody? Good? All right, you're kind of quiet on me. That's all right. Matthew the twelfth chapter, praise God. Am I the only one that it just has really just just been burning inside of me? That this, that this woman who was sick, she kept saying within herself. She said within herself continually. She kept saying within herself, amen. Praise God. That's so, so very important. All right, so let's build on it a little bit tonight. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 35, it says this. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, implied his heart, brings forth evil things. Well, let's just get something established right now, okay? We want good things, right? We say good things come in here at Heritage because Jesus is the high priest of good things to come. And while good things... Are here and, and God's blessing and favor and, and we're experiencing that the reason we continue to say good things coming is that we understand and are expressing in that statement is that the best is still ahead of us best days aren't behind us our best days are ahead of us amen so we long for and desire good things in our lives And the good news is that your Heavenly Father wants you to have good things in your life. Amen. But notice that these good things, they don't come from outside of you into you, but they come from inside of you out of you. We talked in class tonight, what is man? Man is a spirit being. And the devil never wants you to understand yourself as being a spirit being, he wants you to continue to think of yourself as a flesh being, as a physical being. And as physical beings, we're looking for what we need in the physical realm, and are trying to figure out how to get those things that we need from outside of us into us, into our lives, and yet God created us not to live from the outside in, to live from the inside out. So he said, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Now, the, the example, as a matter of fact, if, if, you, um, if you back up uh, two verses, he sets the stage of the context for this. Verse 33, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Then he says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Now, think with me for a moment. Where does the fruit, let's let's say an apple tree for an example... Where, where do those apples come from? They don't come from outside of the tree, onto the tree, or in the tree. They come from inside of the tree, out of the tree. Do they not? Same is true with the pecan. Am I the only one that likes a pecan? Amen. Oh, I'm almost, it, part of me, you know, my flesh wishes I had a piece of Emily's pecan pie right now. My spirit's glad that I don't, right, because I don't need the carbs, right? That's probably the finest use of a pecan right there, you know, a good old pecan pie. But anyway, it'll be at the Marriage Supper of the Lamb, I believe. He may have you fix them there, Emily. I don't know. You make a good one, right? So, But again, nobody comes in the middle of the night and hangs all those pecans on that tree. That, that fruit, those good things called pecans, those good things called apples, those good things called peaches, they come from inside of that tree out and he's saying that the same is true for you and me that the good things that we need in our lives come from inside of us, out of us, just like the fruit comes from inside of a tree, out of a tree. But if there's evil inside the heart, inside the tree, then evil things are going to come out. But if there's good things inside the heart, there's good things going to come out. Now, a lot of people water this down, and I, again, we've taught on this in the past and we'll teach on it more in the future, but... We water this down, meaning that if you've got good things in your heart, you won't cuss people out if they cut you off in traffic. And No, no, that's not what he's saying. The key here is from—it's not that good words bring forth good words out of the heart, but what's good in the heart brings things, not words, things out into our lives. Now, I believe that one of the keys to really connecting with this verse, is found in a better understanding of the word treasure. Treasure. And this word treasure here would be better understood as deposit. Deposit. It literally means something that is laid in store. Something that is put in a safe or secure place, or something that, again, is deposited. That is deposited. Think in terms of you know, the treasure of your heart. Think of it maybe as the treasury where the, the funds are deposited. Okay? So he's talking about the effect... Um, that is produced in your life based upon what's being deposited in your heart. So let's go back. She said within herself continually. What is she doing? She's depositing in her heart. She's depositing the Word of God over and over and over again in her heart. Now, in banking... You have both deposits and withdrawals. Am I right about it? In other words, you have to put money into the account in order to have something when you want to make an expenditure or buy something, what have you, in order for it's there for you to withdraw it. So it's just simple economics that there is both deposits and withdrawals when we are referring to banking. I'm offering to you tonight that the same is true when it comes to faith. We have to deposit the Word in our hearts in order to bring forth or withdraw at... a a, a later point in time in our lives. Amen. Deposits, deposits and withdrawals. I've got to spend a minute here, okay? Deposits and withdrawals. Now, we all know what happens, right? If we, you know try to make a withdrawal, or let's say we write a check, that there's not a deposit in the bank to cover the check that we just wrote. We've tried to make a withdrawal that's not there. And of course, what? It's going to bounce, right? I'm sure no one in this room, but you probably know somebody. Amen. All right, now, deposits... In the heart, right? What's in your heart in abundance? Who decides what's in your heart in abundance? Who decides what's in my heart in abundance? Let the Word of God dwell in you richly. I'm offering to you tonight that every time, every time that that our sister confessed said within herself continually if I but touch the hem of his garment I'll be made whole if I but touch the hem of his garment I'll be made whole we kind of explained this in greater detail last week the the prophet said that the Messiah would have healing in his wings healing in the fringes of his garments and so I believe that she believed he was the Messiah I believe that she believed what was prophesied about the Messiah I believe she had heard that other people had been healed by him and now she's saying within herself if I but touch the hem of his garment I will be made whole, right? Every time she said that within herself, and she said it within herself continually, she was making a deposit into the treasury of her heart. And it wasn't just money. You know, everybody talks about, you know, your money working for you. Amen. I'm believing God for every person in this room to have money that works for you. And the idea behind that is this is money that's being invested. And in the idea is you make a deposit into, into into an account, right? And maybe you have a retirement account or what have you. Well, you make the deposit in there, but let's say you put $100 in there. The idea is not for that just to be $100 just to lay there, but for that $100 to be invested and for it to grow, right? So the Word of God deposited in the heart. What do we know about the Word of God? It's living and powerful. So when you plant it in your heart, when you deposit it in your heart, it's beginning to grow, and then you water it with more, and you plant more, and water it with more, and plant more, and water with more. It's, it's growing on the inside of you, putting you in a position to write a check, to, to make a withdrawal, to use that faith to bring forth some good thing in your life. Is this making sense to you? Now here's here's the thing, and we'll finish right here. Deposits and withdrawals are both made by confessing. They're both made by saying. They're both made by speaking. The Bible speaks of making a faith confession, speaking to the mountain, and the mountain moving. Am I right about it? Does it not say that? Jesus spoke to a fig tree withered up and died. They were fascinated. They were amazed. Everybody was surprised about it except for Jesus. Jesus was not surprised about it at all. He would have been surprised had the fig tree not been withered up. Right? What is he doing? Is he, is he mad at figs? Is he not like figs? No, he's teaching. When they asked, he said, not just speaking to a fig tree, you can speak to the mountain." You say to the mountain, Be thou removed, cast into the sea. What? If you do not doubt in your heart, but believe that the things you say will come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. Now see, we like like that. We tend to gravitate towards, I can have whatever I say. Yes, you can. If you can believe in your heart and not doubt that what you say, Will come to pass. When, are you seeing this? When you say. So we like to focus on the withdrawal, and we've heard a lot of teaching, especially in, in the Word of Faith movement, and we align with the Word of Faith folks. We love that doctrine and teaching. We hear a lot about withdrawing by making the faith confession. But maybe we haven't really understood that you not not only do you make a withdrawal of faith by confessing, but you also make a deposit by. Confessing. This is important to understand. I put this in my notes. And has been a point of confusion for many people over the years who've only understood faith confession from the withdrawal side of things. Withdrawal side of things. But when you take the time to put the word of God in your heart in abundance, let me, let me tell you one of the ways you you know that the word of God is in you in abundance. It's, it's, when, it's when you're squeezed. It's when the pressure is applied to you, that's what comes out of you. Whatever comes out of you when you're squeezed is what's in your heart in abundance. You grab a ketchup bottle and squeeze it, ketchup's coming out of it, right? Amen. And so it's when we're squeezed, are we going to align our thoughts, words, and actions up with the way things look, seem, and feel? Are we going to continue to align our thoughts, words, and actions up with what the Word of God says? That's faith, right? Now, you hear me say that and you go, man, that's praise God, I'm doing that from now on, Pastor Mark. But again, see, it's not that you have need of more faith, he even said after that. He said, you have need of endurance. So, it's one thing in a nice, comfortable room on a Wednesday night after great worship and the Holy Spirit moving, those of you in class. You know, had the Word of God planted in your heart for almost two hours. And now, you know, so now it's like, okay, praise God. Well, amen. But see, where the rubber meets the road is when you're being squeezed. What comes out of you? Amen. See, when the pressure was on, what came out of Abraham? You boys stay here with the car. You you boys stay here with a donkey, right? Me and my son are going to go worship, and we will be back. That's what, see, this was, I don't know if there was a more pressure-filled moment in Abraham's life. He didn't, get, he didn't get there in two blinks of an eye. Amen. But, brother, he was there, and that was real, and that was real faith. It was genuine faith. He wasn't just talking with his fingers crossed, you know, kind of like put his fingers crossed behind his back. Me me and the boy are going to come back, right? (laughs) If his mama asks any questions, you tell her, are we going to worship okay? No, it's none of that, right? I've said it before, and and, uh, maybe I get to ask him one day in heaven. I believe he was disappointed. Now that may be bizarre to you. You What man wants to do that to his son? I believe he was disappointed because I believe he was going to... plunge a knife into that boy's chest, burn his body to ashes, and step back and watch God raise up a nation out of those ashes. It wasn't like, whoo, God, thank you for letting me off. Look, that was a close one. No, he had already seen this thing play out in his heart. Back to what Vanessa said about not even having to take the test to see if she was pregnant the last time, right? Because it was so real in his heart, Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Man, I just believe the Holy Spirit just showed me this. Right, as far as God is concerned, Abraham did it. I mean, because that, I mean, it wasn't like let me off the hook, God. It was like, as far as God was concerned, He had already in His heart done it. What that was about? He put wood on that boy's back, walked him up the top of a hill to sacrifice him to God. He was God's covenant partner. God. Anything God asked of His covenant partner, God was obligating Himself to do for His covenant partner. So when God said, you take your only son, put wood on his back, walk him up the top of a mountain and kill him, I'm obligating myself to put wood on my only son's back and walk him up a mountain and kill him for you. So as far as Father was concerned, he didn't even have to kill the boy. He already done it. It was that real in his heart. Faith trust, complete and total trust and confidence in God as His provider. Amen. Stand with me, please. Praise God. Praise God. Hmm. Some of the most exciting things the Lord has ever taught me about faith are coming next. I am... am, Sometimes the Lord begins to show me stuff. I have to watch myself. I've gotten better about it over the years. I just want to just like... Set everything else aside that we're supposed to be talking about and just jump straight into that, right? And, um, and man, that's, uh, uh, it's like the Lord said, now look, I'm showing you this, but just there's some things you've got to say first, amen. And, uh, and so I, I feel like we've kind of got the things we need to say first said, amen. And so I'm looking forward to what's next, amen. Sides and desserts for Sunday, for lunch Sunday. Okay, Amen. So we've got the things that we need as far as main course and that sort of thing, but some side dishes and some desserts. Okay, thank you, baby. I was hoping you was fixing to come here and prophesy to us or something. Amen. Usually when you come walking down that aisle with that look on your face, you fixing to, Amen. Drop something on us there. So, Amen. All right. Can I pray for you before you get dismissed, Father? Thank you for the things that you're showing us, Lord. It's, it, Lord, there's it's nothing, Lord, that every person in this room you know, is, can't do. In other words, what we're talking about now, every person in this room can do it, Father, is a better way of saying it. Every person in this room, let the Word of God dwell in them richly. Lord, let the Word of God dwell in us richly. Father, find something from your Word that, that, that is the answer to a problem in our lives And just begin to say it within ourselves continually. Father, feeding that faith. Faith growing strong. Becoming fully, fully convinced that what you said you are well able to do. Faith in your ability, Father. Faith in your ability. Not our ability. Not in probability. But in your ability. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus. Thank you for being here this evening. You be blessed. Good things coming. We'll see you Sunday if not before. Ladies, don't forget your party and whoever can help with some food for Sunday.